0: Hey, Fit Pros, it's your host, Tyler Valencia here. Before we get to this episode, I quickly wanna share a free resource we have on the KIPPS website and YouTube channel. If you're struggling with your online workouts or just wanna see the items that we recommend, check out our virtual training resources page. You'll find breakdowns on streaming setups, reviews on microphones, and other free videos that can help you build your fitness business today. Did I mention they're free? Go check them out at the link in the description or head over to our website to find them under the blog tab. Welcome to the Kips Podcast. My name is Tyler Valencia and I'm the president of Kips and Time to Train Fitness. We have a topic and a guest that I'm super excited for because it's in the realm of YouTube and it's something that I thoroughly enjoy talking about. I think it's such a useful tool for fit pros or any type of individual working in the health and wellness industry across the spectrum. Really, you can use it in any way. We have guest Joe Alvarado on the podcast to share some insight into his channel, into his background and all that kind of great stuff. Joe, thank you for coming on the podcast. Hey, it's an honor, Tyler. Thank you so much for having me. Of course, of course. We've been getting to know each other a little bit more over the last few weeks, and I should have actually set this up sooner because it's such a great topic. But let's kick it off with the same question that every guest gets asked. Joe, can you, for the listeners, give a brief description about your business and even your background within the industry?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Again, thanks for having me. Um, ma'am, I currently uh, I work at Lifetime and Centennial, and I am a uh, what they call a studio leader. I oversee uh, all the large and small group classes, and so anywhere from indoor cycle to studio type classes to barre, to yoga, you know, small group things like that. Um, so that's my my role here. Um, my education background: I have um, a, a master's degree in. Uh, strategic leadership and also uh, a degree in biblical theology and so i also pastor a small church on the side so i Mm -hmm. i do a lot of uh, communicating and so i love uh, to teach and i love to to communicate and and anyway those are you know that's what i have as far as my education and that's what i do right now
0: nice nice and with the topic for today can you talk about your youtube channel a little bit what's the name of it before we kick it off Joe Alvarado indoor cycle. Nice, nice. And let's kind of set the stage now with getting that ball rolling in the YouTube realm. Can you talk about what what was the industry like? That's kind of a fun one to kind of talk about is what was the industry like at that moment when you were like, hmm, I think I want to go down this route, this YouTube route.
1: You know, I've always had an itch to go down the YouTube route <laughs> mm-hmm. um, for a long time. <laughs> and and if I'm honest with you, Tyler, like I wish I would have started a long time ago way before i did yeah um you know i started during the pandemic like many people did Mm -hmm. uh you know we're at home and we don't have anything to do and we have you know a camera and we kind of know how to you know and you and i talked about how we we know a little bit about technology how to make Mm -hmm. things sound good and and tweak the sound and volume and and i said well i i know how to do that you know and so (laughs) that's when i started it Mm -hmm. but uh, before that i I could talk you know before i started it um you know that the industry was was popping over here yeah uh it was doing doing really really well um and so uh we were full on as the world was uh things our classes were jam-packed you know mm-hmm. as far as uh, uh people would would red, reserve a week ahead of time to get in our cycling classes and our wow. uh, our our uh, hit classes or yoga classes i mean it was just just booming. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, the fitness industry from, at least from my experience and, uh, our location here, um, in lifetime in Centennial, Colorado was just really thriving.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I bet that, I mean, with the outdoor life of Colorado and just that mindset of let's get out, let's be active that is just a, a thriving spot for the fitness industry and gym chains and all types of classes. I could see that already just building in my mind right there. And with you starting your YouTube channel, so I was kind of in the same boat. And I started mine near the end of 2020. Uh, It was more of a, okay, let's dip our feet into it. And I actually didn't place much emphasis on YouTube to start. And it was kind of a... Uh, it was a pivot. I can't say kind of, it was a pivot. And what I say about YouTube, and this is probably, we both share the same feelings about this, is that YouTube is such a creative space and yes. working in the fitness industry, you go through those times where you feel that pressure. Sometimes you've got to get a sale. You have to meet your targets. You have to get more sessions generated so that yes. you can make more money, more hours. And YouTube is not that. And that's kind of weird to say for any business really, but focusing on the creative aspects of it is something I feel like everybody wants to do. They want to talk about, they want to go down that route. And Mm. YouTube allows you to do that with now getting a channel rolling. There's a lot of struggles. There's a lot of, I don't want to say pains, but you just (laughs) got to understand that it's, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint to get to really quickly to get monetized what do you feel like some of those struggles are with growing a YouTube channel?
1: Well, you know, uh, I I share uh, the... Uh, your, your thoughts and your passion and how you feel about YouTube a hundred percent. It's such a creative space. It's a place where, you know, we can, we can be ourselves. We can yep. deliver the type of class that we always wanted to deliver, you know, yep. it's sometimes, and, and again, I love where I work, um, but they give us, you know, certain uh, formats. And so, um, but what would it be like if I could create my own format? Yeah. Right. And then mm-hmm. deliver that to the world. Right. And that's, <laughs> that's where it gets fun. Yeah. And that's where we, we get to, to do that. But, um, You know, obviously for me early on, some of the struggles were, uh, you know, just the, as much as I know about production and as much as I know about sound and as much Mm -hmm. as I know about, um, you know, audio and video, there's still, you know, I put a great emphasis on trying to get that right you know, um, yeah. trying to get the look right. Can I pull off two camera angles the first time, you <laughs> mm-hmm. know, or is it just easier to just put one in front of me, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and what's available out there in the world of, of uh, technology and audio, uh, pro audio that would help me mm-hmm. uh, have the best possible uh, outcome for sound and video. Uh, so really, I, I put a lot of focus and that was early on. Uh, I, I don't know, if, I think the struggle was that nothing was available. Like yeah. everything shut down and I'm like, yeah, I'll just go to, to, you know, my local that we have micro centers here in Colorado. I don't know if they, if you've heard of that or whatever. But, so they're just a computer superstore. Right. Okay. And so I'm like, yeah, I'll just go down to Micro Center, get me a, you know, a couple of cameras or a webcam (laughs) or whatever, you know, get -hmm. what I need. And little did I know the whole world was getting what they needed. And there was like nothing (laughs) on the shelves, man. And I'm like, Uh what, you know, what is going on? You know, Uh so you're, you're scrambling to find the right equipment. Um, you know, and I, I also pastor a small church. So I had the, uh, the advantage of saying, well, I'm going to go borrow some things because my church is shut down right now. Mm-hmm. So I've got a camera over there. I've got a mixer over there, you know, some <laughs> things like that. But uh, I think early on was just <clears throat> getting the, the look right, you yeah. know, and, and then, you know, what was going to be behind me, like, I, I, w- I was in a bedroom, like, do I put a sheet, do I put a TV, do I put, do I just let the wall be the wall, you know, mm-hmm. um, so for me, those are these are all the things I, I, I was thinking about early on, mm-hmm. and, and then um, really uh, fine tuning. Uh, the personality of who I yeah. am in front of a camera. You know? That's a good one right there. Yeah. And so I, I don't know, that's, th- those were the early struggles. There's a ton we could talk about, but oh, you know, yeah. to, to answer the early struggles, uh, that was, that was definitely uh, where, where it was for me.
0: Yeah. And it's interesting. I feel like thinking w- w- about what you mentioned there and I mean, individuals with, with that don't have that same background that you and I have with working with audio, working with video, that that is probably a, more, a bigger emphasis than it. How do you even connect all these items? I know that when yeah. I started doing more YouTube and specifically with workouts, I already had some... Um, a good understanding of cameras and that came from making education with Kips, with all the other companies I worked for that we created a lot of those and we edited them and we didn't lit them. And so working with that type of equipment, it was already in the wheelhouse. So you and I were thinking about how do we make it even better? How do we make it even more professional? How do we work on your on-screen personality? Those are things that, I always say, let's just hammer down first. Let's get down your, your, uh, your technology. Let's get down your cameras, your mixers, microphone, so that we can get to the personality. That's a, that's a kind of a fun one to to jump off of right now. It's
1: so fun. Yeah. It's so fun. I love that, that, that we're talking about that too, because, you know, um, I had a lot of, uh, uh, to your point, a lot of, uh, of experience with cameras and, 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 and uh, audio equipment. I mm-hmm. grew up in the church, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so there was always, you know, what's the next nice wireless microphone? And then, you know, your, your headset and your <laughs> lavalier. And, mm-hmm. you know, and now, the, and, and we had been, you know, honestly, we had been uh, live on YouTube for years before the pandemic. And so being in front of a camera wasn't, uh, wasn't, an issue for me, but what was an issue and and Tyler, what I had to figure out um, because I I became uh, a a cycling instructor after I was already um, teaching on Sunday mornings at my Mm. church. Right. Mm -hmm. And so um, for the longest time, and and again, I love, I love that we're talking about this for the longest time. I would, I would separate the two personalities. Like this is Mm -hmm. Joe on a bike and this Mm -hmm. is Joe on a pulpit. Right. And this is, and, 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 uh, and, and on Sunday mornings, I was just the teacher, and 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 then uh, on when I'd get on a bike, I was more charismatic and more like, let's we can do this, you know. And and it hit me one day, I'm like, well, am I two different people, or, or what's going mm-hmm. on with this, you know? And how can how can I bring these two together? Like for whatever yeah. reason, with without even you know being intentional at all about it, I had like these two different personas, mm-hmm. and so um, it's something that um, I I started. I started experimenting with bringing the two together, and here's what I mean. Um, I was always pretty level-headed at church, just kind of doing my my teaching thing. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, well, why can't I get a little excited about teaching? You know, to read the Bible, and then. And when I was at teaching a cycle class, I'm like, well, why can't I bring some of the some of the things that encourage people uh, to this to the cycle class? Like, what if I'm teaching about just how to have a better day or how to how to lift your spirits or how to um, be more consistent, you know, with with uh, with Bible? But what we're talking about working out now, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And, and so I started to merge the two and it was it, 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 it became a beautiful thing because now I get on the bike. And I'm I'm still a little charismatic, you know. I like to get animated, mm-hmm. uh, but then I'll tell somebody, hey, you know what? You're you're here. Um, because you care about the one and only body that you have. Yeah. And I want you to remember that as you're being a little selfish today, you're actually being better for the people who need you most, you know? And then I start bringing in that teaching aspect, that inspirational aspect that I that I took from the church, if that makes sense, you know? Mm-hmm. And so um, that's how I kind of started molding the two together to bring um, all of my Experience in front of the camera via the church, bringing that to YouTube, bringing that personality to uh, the camera where you're the only person in the room, right? And you're looking mm-hmm. into a lens, and to be able to to be that same charismatic teacher, motivator, smiling while yet giving something that totally makes sense where people could reach their goals. With the the mindset of there's there's somebody who's doing this for the first time and there's somebody who's been doing this forever and everybody in between right like that yeah and and so you're you're trying to reach everybody you know so and that's all through the language that we speak and and how we uh, motivate and teach and coach and so but yeah uh, that's I I love love this topic man I love that we talked about the whole (laughs) personality and persona and you know it's 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 a lot of
0: fun for sure yeah and one piece I want to point out and have you actually chime in on is with your journey with this, we'll call it a personality and bringing it out with a fitness workout. You took an example from yourself, a different, uh, I'll call it a, a different, um, experience, a different area of your life where you are doing public speaking. You wanted to pull pieces out from that to apply. With your on-screen recordings for now, fitness. I think one of the pieces that I hear quite a bit about, and I've actually had other guests on the podcast talk about, is with how they compare themselves to others. They're looking at other channels, other individuals, and like, oh, I want to be like this person. And then they apply that pressure with your route, which I like, is that you saw pieces in your other, in another area of your life. Like, okay, I like how I do this. I want, how can I test this in another realm? To bring that more out, to shape a personality, to, scre- to to build out a area that I know I want to apply these pieces in. I think that there's a something to dive into there. What kind of advice can you give based off of communication, based off of that experience? for those individuals that are maybe in that boat, that they're comparing themselves to other fit pros. And like, I really want to be like this person on screen, but I don't know how to get there. Because I think that that's such a unique way of talking about it, that you looked at another area and you applied it to doing your on-screen recordings.
1: That's a great question. That's such a great question because there is always that pressure to say hey um look at what this channel is doing or that person and how can I emulate that or how can I be like them and yeah. and I think that's like part of being human is that we just we 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 like want to be like somebody that that we're not yeah. and obviously that's not the right answer we need to be who we are because mm-hmm. people are going to gravitate to the person that that Joe is the person that Tyler yeah. is and not the person that that Joe's trying to be um, or wants to be but the the Joe that's that's genuinely growing and who joe is um and and experimenting in that and so um i think there's 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 a distinction between um me being inspired by somebody who's who's doing some great things and taking you know some takeaways kind of like when you hear a sermon or you hear some kind of motivational talk you're like you're inspired from that and so you're totally um uh, you're totally in uh, what I would say, like like your, the takeaways, right? Like, mm-hmm. so there, there'll be takeaways from today. Whoever's listening to this, they're going to have some takeaways. Uh, I might take away a couple of phrases from, from uh, an instructor that said something really cool that I've never said it that way before, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so there'll be those types of takeaways. Uh, but to be somebody to emulate the way they say it or, or how they sound or what they look, now that's, that's not, you know, I would definitely not recommend doing that. I would say be inspired by the person, but mm-hmm. don't try to be the person, be who mm-hmm. you are, but grow in what you're being inspired of. And a long time ago, and we were just talking about this, uh, just uh, some of the like the church background and things. I... I there was a sermon called the land of er right and then this this idea of er and that there's always going to be somebody bigger mm. better stronger better looking er right <laughs> if, if you will <laughs> that's not a word but i mm-hmm. you was know, having fun <laughs> with it and and there's no point You know, there's there's it's a trap to try to compare yourself to the ers out there because Mm -hmm. there's always going to be that next er, you know, Mm -hmm. bigger, stronger, better, uh, funnier, whatever, you know, and and so it's really a journey of being inspired um, because we got to grow. We've got to learn. And that's I love that you train and you educate, Um, but then we apply it to who we
0: are and grow in that. That's good. So that's what I would I would say. That's a really good takeaway right there. That's really, I, ho- I hope the listeners take that and feel inspired by it because that's the the struggle I know many fit pros go through is that the comparison and yeah. the, the key item that you mentioned there with the individual and being able to, well, I'll say, put it in their own words. I sure. like the example that you utilize there with that you could take key phrases. I like that a lot. Take the key phrases because I've heard instructors say, oh, I've never heard this exercise explained like that. I like that. Okay. Take it, but now say it in your own way. Say it in your own way. That's in your own voice that comes from your own view of it. And I think that that's really the key word. Don't say it in the same tone, the same exact way that uh, we'll call it like the, the way that someone get maybe gets all cheery about it, say it in your own way. I think that that's such a, a key way to, to look at them to hopefully get that mindset away from the comparisons. I, I think that that's such a good one for, especially for online workouts and to uh, bring this back now to YouTube because the creative spaces with it. And one of the things that I'll share with listeners and the way that Joe and I met is we're part of a, a small little group of Content creators and we share insights into individuals. And this is one of the unique pieces of YouTube is that even though we're all in the workout realm of YouTube, we are all sharing our own insights, our views of things, because it's such a creative space. It's not that, oh, you, you're selling training. Oh, well, I can't, you're my, you're my enemy or I'm competing against you that, that we typically see in the fitness industry. We see it across all all areas of the fitness industry and it's more of the creative space with it. And I think that that is one of the unique items of this episode that listeners tuning in is that Joe's sharing with you exactly areas that he is going through in those types of insights, which I love about doing podcasting. And with this next one, I think that it's a very unique one because of things that I know what you've done with music and your insights into them. What are your thoughts on royalty-free music versus mainstream music?
1: That's another great question. And I really appreciate you asking that because that's both been a a journey, an adventure for me and Mm -hmm. a pain point because, (laughs) um, you know, who doesn't like, you know, listening to some Michael Jackson or to some, Mm -hmm. you know, some, some whoever's popular right now on the radio, right? Yeah. And so, um, I, when I started out my cycling journey over 12 years ago, obviously I'm going to get whatever's popular, whatever they're playing in the club, whatever people are vibing to. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's what I want in my class. Right. And yeah. people are like, oh, I love your class because of the music. And, and so many people over the years would say, man, it's, it's all about the music. It's all about the music. And I'm thinking to myself, was it a good workout though? You know? <laughs> Um, and, and so, um, when it comes to YouTube and and the idea that, uh, uh, you know, royalty versus mainstream, um, I I guess what I've learned over the past couple of years, um, I had to get out of my mind the old school mentality, if you will, Mm -hmm. that uh, um, some of the uh, copy royalty-free music early on, you know, a decade ago was, to be honest, really corny and really Mm -hmm. cheesy, you know, (laughs) And, and you would have... Uh, and just to, to the point where we were talking about earlier where, where you people would copy people like don't copy nobody like mm-hmm. the music back then they would take a popular song and find an artist that sounded like you know <laughs> Janet Jackson or they they mm-hmm. sounded like you know like Pink or or, or whoever they were you know and we we're like that's not her that's not him you know what I mean and, and, and instead of getting a good workout you're like who's singing this song right now because it's not the person that you know what I mean it, it's, it's not the person that uh, sings it normally and it would be, it would. I had this whole idea that was so corny, and and oh my god, I'll never be able to make a track or or, or a class and teach to that stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. And so coming into YouTube a couple of years ago, I still kind of had that mentality. Um, and and I uh, really uh, I'm grateful for for like Jason Cohen. I think you've had him on the podcast mm-hmm. and Kaylee, and they turned me on to some of the websites like Epidemic Music and mm-hmm. things. Where where man, you've got some artists out there that are that are um, that are that are not on any mainstream label. They're royalty free and they're still making their money via these types of websites. And you pay a small fee, and you could use it, and it's really good. You know, yeah. it's really good. Um, so I, i'm in that transition right now about every other class that i put on youtube is is what we would Call a royalty-free uh, music-based uh, cycling class. Um, I think the the final struggle that I have with it, and and, and again, I love the music. I respect the artists that uh, aren't on a mainstream label. Um, I just I'm not familiar with the song structures, if you will. Mm. And so, you know, mainstream music it's pretty predictable. You you know when there's going <laughs> to be an, an intro. There's going to mm. be a couple of drops if it's an EDM song. There's going to be a couple of, uh, of of choruses if it's a rock song, it's gonna get a little heavier during an alternative song. And you know, you kind of predict all of that. Mm-hmm. And and especially if you hear it on the radio over and over again, you kind of know you, you know it's but with artists that you are not familiar with, um, not only are you not familiar with their music, but sometimes their song structures aren't predictable. And you're you you end up having to either study it a little bit longer or do some drills on the bike that don't necessarily correspond with the drops or the music flow, if you will. Mm -hmm. So um, I hope that all makes
0: sense. Yeah. No, I think that that's really good insight and a different perspective on it. I think that instructors sometimes get so stuck in the, Oh, it's not good. Nobody's going to like it. And I'm right there with you that I've been really impressed with royalty-free music. And a piece that I've kind of shifted over the last maybe six months is really focusing on the motivation, the instruction. And one of the key things that I've heard from instructors, and I share a common view on it as well, is that doing online instruction has really helped live in-person instruction because with online instructing, you can't depend as or you can't really uh, use music as like your crutch we'll call it that you can when you're teaching a class let's say whether it's cycling or even a boot camp class you know you have this playlist together and maybe you just want to turn it up just a little bit then you know the bass is going and people are really digging the song and you're not talking as much with online instruction you are providing that extra motivation throughout that whole song so that there are no really quiet points and you're not really depending on it do you feel like yourself That teaching online, teaching YouTube workouts has helped your in-person at all? Oh,
1: totally. Totally. Cause you couldn't have said it better. I mean, when I'm teaching in person, I'm, I'm able to kind of pump up, you know, the chorus, the drop, the, the mm-hmm. heavy um, interval that we're doing and then bring it back down and kind of use the music as a tool versus mm-hmm. when we're online, you can't be, you can't vary in, in, in the output level that you're doing or else you're going to have a really <laughs> funky mix. You be, come, Your end result isn't going to be that, that pleasing to the air for sure. Mm-hmm. And so you are forced to use your words and to use your personality, yeah. to use um, uh, your your character, and 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 even the faces that you make, you know what I mean, and, yep. and everything that they look at, and that does translate back over to the um, uh, to the live in person uh, uh, classes. And and I'll tell you, um, not too long ago, um, somebody uh, somebody had said uh, man, I think, I feel like you, you're more motivational on camera and I'm like, wait, what, what is going on right now? You know, because there is something that comes out in us mm-hmm. when we're in front of a camera where we, we give a little extra, you know, mm-hmm. and because we know that, that, uh, man, I've got to be a, maybe a hair more animated. I got to sway my arms just a little bit bigger. You know, I've got to talk a little bit, you know, with, with more from the diaphragm and, you know, come out. And, <laughs> and so, and, and not so much when I've got a mic and it's projecting throughout the room and i know people could hear me Mm -hmm. and so um it's it's a really amazing thing but can can i touch on a point uh back on the the royalty-free music thing that i don't want to pass up um i've been working on a lot of these you know royalty-free playlists and and believe it or not uh, this week tyler i did my first in-person all royalty-free music class i hadn't done Uh it. And so here's how I did it. And, and, and I'll tell you the end result. But uh, I said, hey, today um, you probably never heard of any of these artists before. And they're all what we would say royalty free or non mainstream artists. And I, and I told them it's kind of like supporting your local ma-pa you know, uh, mm-hmm. restaurant, right? The one that down the street that there's not another one like it in the whole world. And mm-hmm. you're going to go there to get your tacos. You're going to go get there to, to get your burritos and all that fun stuff. And mm-hmm. nobody, uh, you know. And I said, we're supporting the local guys there today you know Mm -hmm. that's kind of how i how i spit it out as far as um delivered it and then at the end um honestly, Tyler, I didn't even have to say that because everybody loved it so much nice. that they were like, we wouldn't have even have known. We just thought there's so much EDM music out there. You just played some new <laughs> stuff, you know? Yeah. And so, cause it was primarily a lot of EDM, uh, electronic dance music for listeners who don't know what that is, but um, yeah. So uh, it, I, I didn't even have to say that, but I had some fun. If that helps anybody uh, kind of cross that line to say, Hey, we're, we're, we're helping the locals today. You know what I mean? The, the wild pause, you know, yeah, um, yeah. that might be a way to transition and make that delivery um, uh, a little bit uh, easier for, for your people.
0: So. I love it. I love yeah. it. And that's probably going to be, I'm just gonna say right now on this episode that that's probably going to be the sound clip from this episode right there. That's such a good explanation right there. And it's a good thing for instructors to hear across the board is that royalty free music can be, solid for in-person too. I think that so good. sometimes we just get caught in it. We get caught in that mindset of, oh, we can only use mainstream. We can only, because music is so important that way. I think that it depends. I think it definitely depends, of course, on your situation. Uh, But with what we're talking about here, that's such a cool story to share for how you did it in person and how people don't even know. And that's the truth. I think sometimes we might be just overthinking it because oh yeah even when i turn on spotify and i tell like my alexa alexa play today's top hits i can't even tell you the the first like five ten songs that that yeah. are played and i mostly i do it because i just want to hear what what's new right now and sure. I, I can't tell you who the majority of them are from but right. Right. there's so much stuff coming out and yeah. the landscape has changed completely yeah. you know oh yeah so it, it's it's go for it. If you're
1: listening to this and, and, you know, go to Epidemic Music. There's so many out there. Io, I think, is the other one that we can maybe put some of this in, in, in the description uh, yeah. some of these uh, websites. But there's such, such amazing artists. I mean, think about yourself and think about myself. If if, if I thought, you know, that if I want people to hear um, me uh, as an instructor on my channel, you know, a teacher class, um, I would want somebody to hear me just as much as and i would want them to like me and i want i would want to and hopefully this makes sense i would want to sell myself in a way that hey uh, this guy is just as good as one of those peloton instructors or this guy is just as good as like why aren't we coming here you know mm-hmm. and this is free and 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 so the same way we would want people to gravitate towards us and i i'm certainly not mainstream you know um we need to gravitate towards those who are who are, who are royalty free as well and independent yeah. artists so anyway it. that's so so I they, really we do keep going about that. But. Yeah.
0: Now I have a question for you that I've asked one other podcast guest, and it's one that I did a, one of our uh, discussion uh, podcast episodes about with hiring instructors that might have started online because I think that's something that's popped up over the last couple years with FitPros entering the industry. Maybe they did start online, and some of the items that we've already talked about. In this episode with over communication communication style the motivation that you provide through online when i had this first conversation with one of my instructors with time to train and this we were looking for a new instructor and she had mentioned oh well this individual was never taught in person only done online when i wa- went wow. and watched the videos i was thoroughly impressed i was like wow Constant communication, yeah. the way that she cues, all of these are great items that sometimes you don't see with an in-person instructor Till maybe two, three years down the road once they get comfortable with teaching a class. And this person's doing it right off the bat and within their first year because they understand the uniqueness of online. Sure. With, with you being a manager, you working in the group, fitness realm, small group, large group, and working with instructors that way. What do you think about that? Have you hired anybody that came from online first?
1: You know, that's a great question. And I love this discussion that we're having. Um, I, I haven't, <laughs> I haven't done that, but when, when, you know, everything closed down and one of the things that lifetime did was we, we transitioned really heavily into um, some live classes being offered on our on our app. Mm-hmm. And so um, we were one of the locations selected. There's like 160 some places. And there was only a handful of us that were, they said, Hey, we want your location to, to go um, uh, to be live, you know, on, on our app. Mm-hmm. And, and so um, I haven't, so I've went the other direction with that and, and having to train instructors what it's like to be in front of a camera. Mm. Um, but I, but I love what you said as far as coming from the other direction, because as a, a YouTube instructor, And as any kind of online instructor, we we use our imagination so Mm -hmm. much. We have to imagine like what they're feeling and and how they're, um, what their thought process is. And if, if what I'm doing, um, maybe a little bit too advanced for somebody who's just coming in and how can I cue them to give them just an an alternative way to do this? And how can I give my audience permission to make it their workout yet follow the goals that I have set in front of them so that we all achieve it. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I, I love, that, you know, we're talking about this because, yeah, there, there's so much to say um, uh, uh, concerning this topic and, and, and so much that, you know, I would, again, I would chalk it up to we have to imagine and, and we do really good at that. We imagine, you know, the, the, the first timer, the, the, the veteran, the, the person in between. And I like to say this, Tyler, I like to say when I teach, um, whether it's online or in person, I always like to say, hey, if you're brand new, thank you so much for being here. Um, I want you to make this, this workout yours. If you're coming back, welcome back. You know, it might have been a while for you, but hey, we're going to get you tuned up in no time. And if you've been here for a long time, thank you so much for your commitment you know how we do this and let's get started and so I really like to address like at least three uh, demographics or three you know perspectives of, of, of personalities or, or people that are that are potentially in the class yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and I think the only thing that I, I would see, um, and I would say if, if somebody listening is going from online to in person is I have this phrase, um, that, that I like to teach the instructors here. And it's really simple. I basically tell them this, say what you see and communicate how you feel. Mm -hmm. So, um, online, obviously you're not seeing anybody, Mm -hmm. but in person, you could see the person that has like a, a bad form or they're trying too hard or they're not, or they're, or they're, they're, they're on the bike wrong, you know what I mean? Or they're, you know you know, potentially going to hurt themselves. So you're going to say what you see. And then if I'm feeling something in my own body, as I'm delivering this workout, let me communicate, Hey, this should be feeling like this. I know if I'm feeling it, I should say it. So I'm going to say what I see. Hey, let's make sure we're, we're, you know, relaxing those shoulders, slight bend in the elbows, you know, say what you see and then communicate how you feel, man, this is hard for me. I know it's hard mm-hmm. for you too. You yeah. Know? So anyway, just a little bit of uh, insight into how I think about uh, Love instruction.
0: It. I love it. That's a good uh, segue right there to this next question with you doing in person, being a manager as well and doing a YouTube channel. How do you balance both? What is that like with your filming schedule and even the release of it? Because I think that might be an area that people listening in, they might've thought about it. They know that YouTube is out there. They don't quite understand why some people are doing it. Oh, it's just free. And they think that, okay, in-person is just easy for me with what you're doing right now. You've created another revenue stream for yourself, for your future, and you're being creative in that, in those areas where you want to be. How do you balance both? What does that week look like for you with doing all your in-person duties, managing all that kind of stuff, and then also filming?
1: Great question. Um, You know, so you've got to be really good with your time. You've definitely have to make a schedule and you have to stick to it. Uh, I'm I'm fortunate in in this role that I do have a little flexibility, but I still have to be very, um, very strategic with how I use my time. And so um, so kind of what a week looks like for me, I'll, I'm, I'm here Monday through Friday, pretty much, you know, seven to, to three, four o'clock in the afternoon. Um, but as far as my balancing that and my recording schedule, what I'll do is, uh I will prep my my um my playlist and take all my notes and do about a week ahead of time for at least two classes that I'm gonna do on YouTube. And I'll do that on Mondays. I'll I'll set aside about an hour, an hour and a half on a Monday. I, I use an iPad with the little the little pin and draw on my screen and all that fun stuff. Um and then on Tuesday, I'll be ready to record. Now there's a lot behind that, too, because I've found a way to main sh- to, to streamline how fast I could produce a video, which is another journey in itself.) Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> But by Tuesday, I'm ready to at least record a minimum of two classes, sometimes three if I'm feeling good. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's that's a balance in itself because I teach yep. on Tuesdays as well in in live. So it's like, let me teach a live class and let me go record two or three in the evening. And it's <laughs> it can, uh, you know, I eat a lot. Let me just put it that way, Tyler. I've burned <laughs> through some, some calories, man. Yep. Um, and so if we, if we ever meet in person and I and we hang out for more than an hour, I'll probably say, hey, man, can we go eat something or what, what's going on? <laughs> <and all>. um, <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, so I, I'll record um, uh, every other Tuesday um, prep on Mondays and then every, every other every other Tuesday, meaning that uh, I'll, I'll try to knock two out, maybe three, and then I'll have content for a couple weeks. Um, Thursday morning, I'll do the editing process. Uh, And then I'll upload it Thursday evening and then, and then set it to go on Friday. Mm. And so that's kind of how I, how I do it. Um, It, you know, it, I, I use up about maybe, four to six hours a week on just prepping, recording, producing. And again, that's, I've really minimized that time because it can take a long time for editing. Uh, And that's a whole other conversation, which I'm happy at, you know, at some point or, you know, now, whatever, to, to explain how that goes, but editing and streamlining and making sure that you can do something that is sustainable um, is, is vital um, because I think, uh, you know, if you don't, it, it becomes so much of so much work that you get kind of demotivated um, with what you're doing because they're just work and work and work. And it's like so much editing and so much. And I just want to teach, you know. And, <laughs> um, and so I've I've found a few tools that uh, help me um, produce things pretty quickly.
0: So, oh, yeah, that's good to know with uh, the weekly schedule, but also a good tip about that. The process does become easier. I think that that's one of the things that instructors that are maybe going uh, into it than just starting out is it's going to take some time to get yeah. your system down, to get your flow down, to streamline it, but it does get better. It does become more efficient if you take the time to understand where each piece fits into your schedule. I think some instructors, I know some out there that just think, oh, I'll just throw up some workout and then eventually say, oh, well, it never worked for me. Well, you didn't really try. You didn't right. really right. put the effort into it. You shared how you're prepping on one, just prepping, just getting ready. Then you have your film day and then you come back and then you do your editing. Like That's three separate days and you shared how much time it takes you now. And some people will, th- will hear that and be like, oh, well, I can't do that. Or they'll have whatever excuse they're going to put into it. But it's sure. one of those things where it's going to take time to understand it, to start putting the effort into it but Joe is one of those individuals that he he shared already. He's managing, he's doing all these other things outside of the fitness industry. And yet he has a monetized YouTube channel and created that revenue stream for himself within the industry, which I think is just fantastic. So let's get to the next question here before we get to the podcast takeaway. So I want to make sure we try to fit all these in here with now YouTube. We just talked about some potentially i will say things that are like, oh man, YouTube, it's taking time, but there's always positives And I've, I've tried to keep that a theme of the whole episode sure. with YouTube. What are some of your favorite aspects with investing your time, having a channel and growing and working with YouTube on a global scale? Another
1: great question. I, you know, one of the things that probably my favorite thing um, is the comments. It's the feedback that you get. It's the life change that's happening. You know, a lot of times, again, we get in our little our little hole or our, my basement in my whole studio set up and that's just me, you know, <laughs> and mm-hmm. I'm recording and, and I'm doing and I'm putting all this energy into it. And uh, there, there are days where you're like, "Why am I doing this?" And then you you pop open your your YouTube studio, and you you see all these comments. Hey, thank you so much! It's been a year since I've been on a bike, and mm. or oh, thank you so much. Like it's, and I've had some, I've had people tell me, "Hey, it sounds like it felt like I was." I went to church and I rode a bike at the (laughs) same time, you know, and you Mm -hmm. were so in, you know, um, motivating and, and really it's the encouragement, um, it's the feedback, it's the life change. It's, it's the impact that you're making on people's lives. And really that's what we're all after. I mean, if we're honest, that's, that's why people are in the fitness industry because we care about people. Um, it's really not about the money, like hopefully that follows, (laughs) but it really is because I want to see you live a little healthier for as long as you have on this world. In this world, right, um, to 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 be able to do more for other people, you know, to live healthier, to 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 be able to be there for your kids, your grandkids, to to breathe easier, to to eat, uh, you know, better foods, and to make wiser choices, and have more energy, and, and all of the above. And so really, all the comments come in, and, and if I could just share, uh, I, I got an email um, just a few weeks ago from a Barry and a Gina who had been taking my classes since the pandemic started, they reached out via email and they said, Hey, uh, we're going to be in town. We're from California. We're coming into Denver in July. And uh, we want to, uh, we want to visit you in person. And mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh my God, like, <laughs> what is that? Like the best YouTube like story ever, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, and I've even talked to you and Jason about documenting all of that and, and putting that on film. So that's going to be on my YouTube channel, just kind of that whole process. But I, can you think of anything more rewarding, right, than somebody taking the time out of their vacation to visit somebody that they've only seen on a screen on YouTube because you've impacted their life that much?
0: I love it. You know,
1: and oh. so that's that's my favorite thing, man. Just helping, changing
0: lives for sure. I dig it. I think I got goosebumps hearing that. I think that that that's such a a wonderful story to share. That, I mean. When you started your channel, I'm sure you were looking at it like uh, something in the government, I don't know, and now have that type of impact. That's the stuff that exactly what you mentioned, why we enter this industry, to create an impact on individuals, help to help others. And you're doing that in a way that, I mean, probably five years ago, 10 years ago, none of us would have thought about that. In that right. way. And I've really started to see the impact that YouTube can have in other areas. I think it's such a great tool for people. And well, I know that we keep saying we can talk about this forever and we definitely can. And uh-huh. I want to make sure that we get to the podcast takeaways here with sure. the podcast takeaways. It's such a great way to get more advice get more insight from the individual on this episode. And with this question, it's a insight. It's a advice that they've seen from all their experiences with Joe, his YouTube channel, being a manager, all these different, being a cycling instructor, all these different areas. His perspective is different than mine. And so Joe, what are three myths about the fitness industry?
1: But, you know, Great question again, and some of these you've probably heard but again i'll give you my perspective on why I think they are myths and, and mm-hmm. what i've learned about them, um, but one of them would be longer workouts are more meaningful mm-hmm. um, that that's not really necessarily true you don't have to go kill yourself in the gym for yep. two or three hours a day in order to see real change. Yep. Um, I feel like, you know, uh, small habits over time create big change. And and it's really about coming back again and again. If you start on a bike for a, a 15, 20 minute workout and you do that consistently for a month, I mean, add up the time, right? 20 minutes times 30 days. I mean, that's a lot of time on the bike. Mm-hmm. And and your body, it, it, you give your body more credit than than, than you do right? Because your body's going to start to learn that if I do this small habit, whether it be a shorter workout, right? And in in this case, we're talking about, you don't have to kill yourself for an hour every day. Um, And and, and let your body learn that routine, your body's going to start to respond. It's going to start to say, hey, Joe gets up you know, at 530 every morning and he's going to burn X amount of calories and he's going to, he's going to get the heart rate up. And so as a result, I'm, I'm, I'm going to burn some more food that he puts in my body, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. and type of thing. And so your body's going to respond to um, what you do. So give your body more credit and you don't, again, longer, I'm not saying don't do a long workout. If you're feeling it, do it, but it doesn't mean that it's going to be it's going to benefit you more. If you constantly doing longer workouts, you could do something in 20, 30 minutes and and get some great results. So um, get, get out there and and just, just start, you know Um, the other one I would say is no pain, no gain. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. You've heard this before too, Tyler, you don't have to hurt yourself with weights and, 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 and be on a bike and go like, I can't tell you how many times I've seen somebody in the cycle studio Um, put on so much resistance and they're just going so slow as if they were, they were going up the the steepest hill in the world. Right. (laughs) And, and, and because there's something in our brains that thinks that if I'm, if I'm, if I'm feeling that much tension and resistance, I must be gaining something out of this. Mm-hmm. And, and the reality is, you know, on a bike, at least you're more efficient when you're, when you're a little bit lighter, faster, and over a, a little bit longer a period of time. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so um, I, I have to preach that to my, to my cycling classes because there's always those people that think that, man, if I'm not going to go lighter, faster, I'm not going to work on leg speed. I'm not going to, I got to hurt myself to
0: you
1: know? <laughs> no you don't you do not need to hurt yourself mm-hmm. uh, and you don't need to, to sweat buckets either you know to to be more efficient um again it's nothing wrong with that but again you don't have to yep. um, and then i would say lifting you know heavy lifting weights makes you bulky. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. Um, I, I think um, it's common knowledge that if you lift super heavy with, with lighter reps, you'll get a little bit bigger. But if you're, if you're doing time under tension type of workouts, meaning that um, I'm, I'm not going to uh i'm, I'm not going to curl you know 30 40 pound uh uh dumbbells but i'm going to get some 15s i'm going to get some 12s i'm going to get some eights and i'm going to do like 15 or 20 reps mm-hmm. um that's going to lean out my muscle that's going to burn some fat that's going to actually help me with muscular endurance and 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 uh, and you know that's a myth too that you know i get on a bike and my legs are going to be all huge you know it's like, no <laughs> they're not they're not they're going to get toned you know um they're you're you're going to have uh, all kinds of uh, benefits when it comes to cardiovasculars, your cardiovascular yep. system uh it, it, all of the above so again um lifting weight doesn't make you bulky uh, in fact i could just say for myself early on in my journey to uh working out um, when I was younger, I would lift really heavy, and 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 at that time, Tyler, I was I was heavier, if you will, mm-hmm. um, and so I had a little gut on me, you know, and I had some big arms, man, you know, I would lift pretty good, but um, it it wasn't until I changed uh, what I was eating and lightened up the weight. To where i started to see oh there's a line oh, i like that you know hey yeah. let me wear let me wear a shirt with a little tighter you know arms on there now <laughs> no but you know i saw results doing uh, lighter weights with with more reps and so yeah, that's yeah. that's where i'm at so i dig anyway. it
0: yeah. i dig it and the one i'll just quickly chime in on is the no pain no gain because that's really one that i harp on quite a bit with uh usually when I'm chatting with other fitness friends that this mindset of no pain, no gain, and how I can't stand it. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, right. I can't tell you many times that my goal is to make sure that I come back for my next workout. That's really the goal. And oh, I think really? that should be the goal for other fit pros with their clients is that give them something that they come back to that they just don't get that one super hard workout where they can't work out for the rest of the week. And I think that that's something that kind of plagues working yes. with clients and other individuals as they think that, Oh, well, I didn't leave this class or this session drenched in sweat and not be able to walk. So it wasn't that good of a session. Correct. When did you come back the next day and the day after that? Because if Absolutely. you did, then that's the biggest benefit right there. Yeah. That you're and and if you're, those habits. I
1: would say if you're an instructor and you're listening to this, I would say and you believe what we're saying what tyler and i are saying about not having to kill yourself then it's all about the setup you know yep. so in other words if, if you're getting ready to teach a class or you have a client just say hey today's not about killing ourselves Today's about learning something new yep. today is about moving longer with lighter and, and really setting up the expectation so that your client your class whoever you're teaching knows what the goal is and what the outcome is going to
0: be yep. I love it. I love it. Before we sign off here, Joe, can you make sure to give your social media links and your YouTube channel information?
1: Yes, absolutely. You could find me at Joe Alvarado uh, on Instagram. And I got in on it early, so I got my own name, right? (laughs) And uh, and then Joe Alvarado underscore indoor cycle is where you could find me um, on YouTube. I'd love love to, uh, to do a class with you for sure.
0: Great, great. And I'll make sure to put those in the description. I believe there's one more, uh, your Facebook page, your group page. What is that? So my Facebook handle is
1: Facebook uh, forward slash Joe Alvarado 320. Great, great.
0: So all that information will be in in the description. Make sure you check out his workouts that drop on youtube he's got a great setup that i'm sure many instructors watching it will be like oh how does he do that and all these kinds of things that i know fit pros will take away from this episode episode so joe thank you so much for coming on being my guest and sharing all your insight into youtube cycling being a manager all that kind of great stuff
1: thank you so much it's been a pleasure and an honor i appreciate you tyler thank you for what you do for people too